Oh my gosh. I didn't ever think I'd get on here today, but I'm actually kind of early, actually, if you think about it, for a Friday. I'm actually early. Hope you guys are having a great week. Dr. Missy Hood with the 15-Minute Rev. I think everybody's getting started with their weekend early, but I hope you guys have had a great week. Um, we're just got a lot of things going on in the spirit right now, actually. Um, and I do have a prophetic word for you today. I think it's going to really, really encourage you because there's so many things going on on a national, international level. Thank you so much, Cynthia. It's good to see you guys. Hi, Karen Boleyn. It's good to see you guys on Facebook and on uh, YouTube. Uh, I hope you guys have had a great week this week. Um, I'm kind of sensing that the body is getting kind of affected by witchcraft and affected by, remember I've told you, the five red flags of witchcraft are fear, doubt, unbelief, discouragement, depression, hopelessness, and despair. That's seven. Actually, okay, I lied. Not on purpose. But <laughs> So if you start getting hit with these things, <clears throat> especially when God's already given you a prophetic promise, and things are moving along and you're trucking along and you keep getting words of encouragement from the Lord. And he keeps giving you uh, different uh, confirmations because he confirms himself, himself in twos or more. But our problem is, is that we just have a hard time trusting him. And so these, these witchcraft tactics start to wear on your emotions and already on an already tired uh, intercession team and on a, on a prophetic person, it starts to wear on you. And so you have to really be focused. You have to stay in tune with what the Lord is saying and stay connected to the spirit. Don't let yourself go over to the flesh because your eyes will fail you. Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. Hi, guys coming in on YouTube. It's good to see everybody this afternoon. So I do have some encouragement for you. I spelt, uh, spent about three hours in worship and praise yesterday, just waiting on the Lord. And he really started talking to me about the circumstances of the nation and if you haven't heard anything about what's going on in Ashbury, you know, revival started. And so because of that, revival is an indicator that the glory is also starting. So if you were with me earlier in the week on Tuesday, we were talking about glory. We've entered into the glory starting Sunday. And I and I and that sounds really crazy to give you such an exact date, but that's really where I sense the influx of God's presence starting to manifest on his body. And it showed up in the service that I was in. Um, where God just started filling up all the gates and the king came in the gates. And so it was really, really encouraging. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. <clears throat> As you come and join us this afternoon, it's glad to see you. Karen, Karen Boleyn, you can join us over here on YouTube if you want. I know there's some other people watching too on Facebook. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. And so, um, but there's a lot going on right now. And what I've been sensing in the body is that, Everybody's getting depressed. A lot of people are getting depressed with the time that it's taking to get our country back. And, and God didn't promise us a cakewalk. He did tell us he was going to give us our country back. It's not the devil's time. It's God's time for the divine. <clears throat> and I believe that as God makes his way onto the scene with the glory, that it's also a prerequisite for the wealth transfer. And, and I'm going to get into all that here in a second because I've got a prophetic word for you. Hey, it's good to see you, Billy. It's so good to see you. We're going to get out to see you guys soon. But we love you guys. And it's always good to see you on here. So anyhow, just I'm just in here to encourage you guys. That's a family friend of ours. So we're really glad to see you on here. We love you guys very, very much. Um, 
But, you know, I was spending time with the Lord, and, and I think the world right now, where I thank God we have a nation that is based in Christ, um, and that really uh, we, we, based, we want to base our identity in the true nobility of Christ, because that's the way I've been raised, is on the good, the pure, and the lovely. And my mom and I were talking about that uh, the other night, uh, because I was raised in a family where... If it's good, it's pure, and it's lovely, then that's the right thing to do. And so I believe God's getting us back into his ways right now, where he's getting us back into the ancient of days. And that's why we're seeing all these breakouts of all this revival breakout everywhere. And people are coming back to love. They're coming back, thank God, they're coming back to love. But not everybody's going to choose to do that. And so that's something we have to kind of wrap our head around as we're walking in this new place right now as a nation because we want the best for everybody, but not everybody's going to always going to choose God. And so this is what I asked the Lord yesterday. <clears throat> I spent about, I'm sorry for my allergies, but the title for the day's 15 minute rev is the glory slash wealth transfer in Joseph's preservation. And then it's life and death for some life and death for some. And I know this is going to be kind of a hard word, but I'm just a straight shooter, so I'm going to shoot straight from the hip, and I'm going to tell you what I think he's telling me and what, I, what I've sensed him saying. And I'm getting confirmations about it from other prophets around the nation um, because we all have the ability to choose life. God says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death, and that's usually based on the flesh. But now God's moving us all the way over to the Spirit, back into love. We, not, we don't walk by uh, sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so this is what he said to me yesterday. But I asked him, I said, God, what's all this stuff going on in the atmosphere of our nation? Because it felt kind of weird. I can't believe that. I'd have put him on the, I'd have just answered the phone right there and put him on live, huh? <laughs> hey, you want to say something? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I did ask him, I'll get back on topic. I asked him, I said, because it felt weird in the nation. It felt really kind of weird. It felt, felt kind of weird the last five days, but that's witchcraft. If you know anything about witchcraft, you've heard, if you've ever come to Austin, you've heard the analogy, keep Austin weird. I hate that analogy because it's the witchcraft they're referring to. And a lot of people don't even know that's what that is. But it was feeling weird on the international federal level. And I thought, what is going on? What is going on in our nation right now uh, with what we hope is happening versus what we know is happening? Because we're not hearing it in the news. We don't get a lot of truth in the news. We really have to seek it out and research it. Uh, a lot of it's really dependent upon God to show us, but this is what I sensed God saying. And he said, it's your foes being defeated. The show's coming to an end as I'm taking you down a pathway to fulfillment. And so if you've been praying and really uh, seeking the Lord in this hour, I don't know about you, but for me, it doesn't feel like the end. <laughs> it doesn't feel like, I feel like if it were the end, we would have this ominous darkness about it, but I have a sense of joy. I have a sense of joy and a sense of excitement where I'm, I don't think it's, I think we're in the end times. Yes, but I don't believe that we're in the end and nobody, by the way, really knows when the end is only God. So thank God. Um, I'm not really big on surprises. I like, I'm a planner, but he's not going to tell me his plan unless I, you know, anyway. I'll leave that there. So this is what he said. <clears throat> I asked the Lord. I said, why does it feel so dark spiritually? 
And the Lord said, because I've surrounded you with myself. And that's going to throw some of you for a loop, but stay tuned. Um, when God created the earth in the beginning, it was shrouded in darkness. Okay? Stay with the word real quick. And the Lord says, because when I keep you in deep darkness, it's to keep you hidden from those who would try to permeate my structures to cause them to go awry outside of the glory. Now, have you not been decreeing a thing, decreeing a thing, decreeing a thing? God's using you. God is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. If God is the word, then, hey, Connie Hernandez, it's good to see you, man. But if God is the word, then that means the word is alive. And so when he gives you instructions to build things for him or to help him co-create, we're in a season of co-creating, right? So God is finishing the story right now for a lot of you as you step into the glory. And so the Lord says the enemy has been trying to sabotage all that I've had you creating. So when you feel like nothing is happening, know that I've hidden you in the time frame, in this time frame to where the enemy cannot interrupt what I'm doing in and through you. This is why I need you to trust me, says the Lord, in knowing that I finish what I start. Do you? And so the prophetic word and vision started in then about the wealth transfer. <clears throat> and, you know, I've never understood that. I've heard about it for years. I've read about in the Bible where my granddaddy used to talk about it a lot. And, and, and when you hear about it and you try to wrap your head around it, I don't know about you, but I would try to understand what God was going to do. But no, none of us really ever understand until it gets here. And so anyway, the wealth transfer is what God is moving us into. But we're entering into his latter glory first. The latter glory is God's presence coming and resting on vessels to help bring them back into love. If you know anything about a king, the king comes in first. He enters the room in first. God is the glory. And then everything that belongs to him follows in after him. All of his uh, followers, all of his parishioners, when, when the king comes to hold court, he comes to hold audience. He wants an audience. Do you want an audience with the king? And the Lord said, with all the revivals breaking out around us in college campuses, I'm drawing all of my true saints to myself for the times for which you now live. Again, I don't believe we're in the very end times because the glory can last for years. And the first glory lasted for almost, I would say, about 50 years. Maybe longer. I think it started with Azusa Street. In California. And so we stepped, just stepped into the latter glory. And I've sensed that this latter glory was set up for the wealth transfer for those who have been obedient in coming up higher into God's presence to help heaven enter into the earth realm. Because God is about to pour out heaven here on earth to prove to the world that it pays to serve a holy God. And don't get me wrong, I'm not about money. But I do know that God's a very, very wealthy God. And I know that he's trying to bring in his majesticness. And what a way to do that than to show how he can pour out and lavish himself upon his people. And so God is pouring out this majesticness to his Josephs to steward his new move with major wealth transfers while God moves those hearts who were stuck in the flesh out of the way. Those who would dare to try to come into his heart in their fleshly ways. Their ways of greed. <clears throat> Pardon me. Are trying to continue on with, their, with man's agendas knowingly or knowing that 
it was wrong in God's eyes. See, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. And if you know anything about the word, the word says only the Lord builds a house and all those that build theirs alone labor in vain. And the problem that we've had so many leaving church is because these houses that have been supposed to have been preaching the word of God and preaching love are like dead mausoleums. They're dead churches stuck underneath religious structures when there's no more love there than the man of the moon. God says, how will you know my people? By my warm, unconditional love. And love is a universal language. It's a language that everybody knows when you come into contact with it. You never forget it if you've ever been in love. Matter of fact, God is love. You fall into God when you fall into love. Everything about we, everything about everything that we do is God-ordained. It's, it's God. Uh, it has to be God-inspired, God-orchestrated. We can't even take our next breath without God. And so that's how relying upon God we should be. But man thinks he knows more in these ways. And so we have a lot of people building dead houses. But this new move, says the Lord, is all about pureness and heart draw in heaven into the lives of those who have rid themselves of everything that keeps them earthbound so heaven can pour itself out through them this new move will not be about man says the lord but only about a holy god wanting to show up onto the scene of his people through their hearts of transformation those will be worshiping hearts hearts hungry only wanting the things of heaven and this is a moment of divine thunder says the lord so that Humanity can hear the true thunder of the king in the middle of their darkness, in the middle of their storms, to know that being in a storm is not necessarily a bad thing. Because darkness doesn't always mean disaster. And sometimes darkness can mean creation, where things are being created anew. After all, I created the earth before you. The place where you now live and reside, where you now walk and talk and carry out your daily activities, says the Lord, this is the place I'm beginning to pour myself into. Where man was given dominion power so that he could rule and reign in this hour, showing the devil who was who. And the Lord says that it's not the devil's time. It's not a false time. The time is mine, says the Lord. I own time, and your times are in my hand. Psalms 31, 15. The Lord says, I know you're very fatigued. For your intercessors, for your frontrunners, I know you're extremely fatigued. But it's only for a moment, right before you hit the finish line to decree, all is finished. Remember, that's what the Lord did when he finished creating the earth. He said, it is finished. He did it when Jesus died on the cross. It is finished. For the king is now come in to crown his people with glory, helping him to finish the story of creation. He's not through doing this thing. We've got such a sweet song to sing. And so the Lord said, I asked them this question because sometimes I'm a lame brain and I have to ask the ultimate question. And I'm like, but God, how do we know if we're really hearing you? How do we know? And this is, and God is so cool the way he answers. <clears throat> because he answers in such a way that you know it can only be him. But he said, because I've carved out this place in time, making a way for the divine. 
the glory of my presence made just for this hour when I've come in power to ensure that all things will be made new. And this is what the key was for me. So like pouring gold into the a mold of a new ring. <clears throat> Remember he's, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. <clears throat> when you carve a thing out, you're carving out of time, making room for the divine. So he's explaining that to me in that sentence. And he says, do you understand that it's the king's signet ring that seals a thing? So I've come, says the Lord, with the latter glory to seal my story in you so that you can be a part of this new thing. The thing that I'll do through you, to you, around you, so that you would know that it was I who bring the promise for the world to see, to bring the majesty of a king. And every king has resources set up for his kingdom. So all my Josephs will be stewards over most resources and those who choose to serve their flesh have proved to me that they couldn't be trusted with heaven's best because they chose to serve the spirit of Pharaoh who only amassed wealth for himself. If you know anything about Joseph, Joseph worked under Pharaoh, but he was a fleshly leader. So the Lord says, my Josephs, but my Josephs, ah, they will show the world that they are here to be wealth distributors to my true saints, my true sheep to help those who have lost much, much, much through many testings over the years. And actually, it's been about 30 to 35 years, maybe longer, that will now come to reap the tears and know that they've all been wiped away because this is not a time to weep, says the Lord, but a time to rejoice at the presence of your king. And because you've chosen the correct thing, I'll pour my spirit out and lavish my wealth upon all who sing the love song of this king. Because I've held your dowry tightly as my bride to be betrothed to me. We are now one, you and me. So as we take our first dance in our romance, my heart now knows you truly love me. And like Esther, in the book of Esther, once the king found his heart's desire, the rest could just stay outside. So saith the Lord. <clears throat> Which brings us to Leviticus 15, 1 through 1628. And it, before I say this, this does not have to do, I mean, it states the bodily functions, but it's not about bodily functions. It's really more dealing with spiritual functions because of the condition of the church in this day. But it's talking about, and the word they used, actually, when I first started this study today, was called discharged. Have you been discharged from service because of being unclean? Because this is really, this is what we're seeing and what the prophets have been prophesying with regard to people who have raised up dead mausoleums instead of taking care of the sheep. And this was a charge God has against some leaders. Because God's not here to raise up man's dynasty. He's right here to raise up his kingdom. And so if you know anything about this book, it talks about discharge and being unclean <clears throat> 49 times. And the normal functions of spiritual and natural bodily functions. And so it's not so much hung up on the natural as it is the spiritual. And the Lord's saying, don't get hung up on the natural functions because we're living in a season where I'm teaching my people to function through my spirit 
where they stop walking in and out of their flesh, which keeps them earthbound. Natural bodily functions are not morally defiling, if you know anything about them. But spiritual ones are, if you get stuck there. Which takes me back to the scripture which states, you know, there's a way that seems okay. You think it's okay because you haven't been spanked, so to speak, yet by the Lord. But I'm telling you, if you go down certain pathways and you stay on those pathways, they lead to death. And God's here to bring life. He's not here to bring death. And so when we get stuck thinking that God's just giving an okey-doke at our sin with a wink of grace, you think, oh, no, God's good. He hasn't done anything to me yet. He doesn't mind if I do this. After all, he's a forgiving God. How many times have we heard that? Stay with me because you'll understand where I'm going with this if you stay with me long enough in this conversation. But God is not winking at sin anymore. We've had more than enough time to choose to get delivered, to choose to get free. And yet we still have some people forgetting that the hour we're living in, God's telling us to get cleaned up. And they're forgetting that in this hour, while most are losing power and becoming fearful, by the way, they're getting angry and fearful because God warned them three years ago, if you do this, you'll get this. If you continue down this pathway in about this time frame, you'll start losing power. Your vessel will not have the power to pray. Because I will pull my spirit away from you, says the Lord. And so they're resorting to the things of the flesh, which God abhors. And these fleshly actions have nothing to do with the spirit. So God's trying to define it like he would for a three-year-old, it seems like. You know, I'm absolutely amazed sometimes how God repeats. He's like, and I'm I'm not complaining when I say this. But how many times God has to repeat himself and repeat himself and repeat himself? I'm like, why would you have to repeat yourself to adults? These are full-grown adults we're talking to. He said, because some have selective reasoning. But these fleshly actions aren't the things of the Spirit. And and they're not things God's just going to overlook in the summer, by the way. Matter of fact... All of these practices that we're seeing right now are considered witchcraft. Through witchcraft prayers and witchcraft decrees, because that's what the flesh creates. When you stay in the flesh and you pray what's right in your own eyes, again, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. What's happening is that because we all have bloodlines and we all have, you've read the book of Deuteronomy 27 and 28. If you do this, you'll get this. If you do that, you'll get that. Meaning if you live under the laws of life, and I'm not saying being religious because God's addressing that too in this conversation, but it's sin he's addressing. If you have hidden sin, if you do these things and you don't choose to change and be changed, God says, then you get this. You fall under the curse based on the book of Deuteronomy 27. And I've talked about that in the last couple of times about the courtrooms of heaven. And so we've got all these people using these courtrooms in, in, in their prayer time, and they're coming against the saints, like, like God's going to honor that? I'm, I'm like, have you lost your ever-loving mind? Good Lord. And so he's not going to overlook these things in this hour. It, it's considered witchcraft. And the Bible says, suffer not a witch to live. God says not to seek out soothsayers, not to seek out democracers. Don't seek out all these things that bring you death and act just like the world or like the occult. That's what they do. 
You're not called to be like them if you're saying you're God. So, the practice of witchcraft then allows the vessel through prayers and decrees. Um, if you know anything about Deuteronomy 27 and 28, that's the sins of the father. That means that your forefathers possibly committed sins. If you've seen patterns in your families, things that repeat themselves, and you're like, well, mom had that problem, or dad had that problem, or granddaddy had that problem. Those are generational cursings, actually. And some, some cursings can go up to a thousand generations. So it's up to our generation to break them off so it doesn't have a peat and repeat type of action on us. And we're actually being used by Christ to set our bloodlines free on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to get into a little bit deeper things today. What you do, by the way, this is why your forefathers root you on. Because they want you to succeed. Because they know that this is the generation that actually has the ability to be seated beside Christ in heavenly places. To rule and reign with him. Being sons of Issachar, sons and daughters of Issachar, knowing the signs and the times. Losses 3, 1 through 3. We're seated beside him in heavenly places. And so being able to rule and reign then is taking dominion over a thing, whether it's bloodline cursing, whether it's personal sin. We have the ability to make choices. We can either side with the king or commit treason. <clears throat> That's what song you choose to sing. And so God is going after the people in this hour, believe it or not. And the, I, I get some hate mail. <laughs> I get some angry people. They send me these nasty messages, and we've actually had to put AP, what do they call it, IP trackers? IP trackers on our website because I, I'm just not going to put up with it. But because I'd like to have a conversation with you, actually, if, if people have something to say, then they need to have the courage to say it to somebody's face or to have a conversation, work things out. The Bible says if you evolve with people, call people, work it out. You're a man and woman of your word. Have integrity. Don't hide behind your computer and act like a coward. That's just childish. But God is going after these people that are committing treason in this hour and they're siding with the enemy and acting like hell and trying to come after his true saints with their witchcraft prayers. He's got you in his crosshairs. You understand? If you're praying witchcraft prayers, God's got you in his crosshairs. And so the Lord says, but for those of you who are obedient, <clears throat> who let me fight your battles for you, good for you. Because what God is doing for the obedient is moving you into preservation, Joseph, while having to walk through this garbage-filled spiritual atmosphere. Remember I told you about... Two weeks ago, surely you can remember that. It's two weeks ago, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but, but remember when I told you that, um, man, I forgot what I was going to say. Hang on, Lord, bring that back in Jesus' name. Um, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. So good like that. Remember when I was telling you guys about how the angels were like spiritual schizophrenics sometimes because of all the witchcraft prayers going up? That's that's because I'm 58 years old. I'm sorry. I forgot that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Age does get the best of us sometimes. But yeah, so we have so many witchcraft prayers going up that it's confusing the angels. And everybody's like, why isn't anything changing in our nation? Why aren't my prayers making a difference? And it's because the angels feel like this. They're like, yes, no, maybe so. If not, we won't go. And you're making them, because of your spiritual schizophrenia, 
And because of the witchcraft prayers, they don't know what to obey. And so we've got people using the word of God. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Hello, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. If the word is God, the word is power. But they're abusing the spirit of God, who is the word, with illegal authority to release this garbage in the atmosphere that's creating a spiritual schizophrenia, which is why nothing's happening. On top of the fact that the occult has been creating these spiritual blockages, which actually, if you think about it, was a blessing for some of you because if some of your prayers ever reached the third heavens, you may have been struck dead. That sounds harsh, but that's the truth. God doesn't like strange fire. Well, look at Aaron's two sons who brought in strange fire into the temple. God struck them dead because they released that stuff up in the atmosphere. So I believe for some of you doing this garbage, God was protecting you. So for those of you who understand to take this stuff down, if you're leaders, go after... Because the occult has been releasing spiritual man-made gates. I mean, go after their word weapons that create these gates through codified laws, codified spells, codified magic. That's how they've been doing it over our regions. That's why everything's so weird the last 40 years, because of all this witchcraft crap over the nation. Go after this crap. I've been learning about this stuff since my dad died. I've been having to learn about this stuff because of what it brought into my own life and into my family's life. And I believe it's taken out a lot of innocent people because of what we didn't know, because our forefathers 50, 60, 70 years ago weren't having to deal with this garbage because people stayed away from it. They knew it was of the devil. And now everybody's so hungry for power. They're willing to settle for second best instead of coming into God, the Lord of the hour. By the way, he's here now. Judgment's at your door. <clears throat> you want to cry out for the more, you better make sure it's him. You better make sure you're doing it through a heart of love, because if you're not, you're fixing to get it from above. And I'm not trying to make him out like he's a trying to beat you up alongside of your head. I'm just telling you, the hour that we now live in right now is so serious. And everybody just thinks, oh, I'm just living my life. I'm just going to do whatever I normally did. And the Bible said that. That's what would happen. People are just going to be eating and drinking and being married, getting married like nothing was ever happening. But this is not business as usual. This is, these are very, 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 very different times. And we're called to be sober and be alert. And I've never sensed that as profoundly as I sense it right now. But going back to the witchcraft, <clears throat> how to take that stuff down. What you do is you ask the Lord to disassemble and identify 1 Kings one fourteen. Uh, all witchcraft words, word weapons, thank you, all witchcraft word weapons, identify them. First Kings one fourteen. And if God didn't speak them, let them fall to the ground. Lamentations 3, 30, 70, 38, including all witchcraft prayers, witchcraft prophetic decrees from false prophets, Balaam's prophets. Get that stuff out of your atmosphere. It's 1 Kings 1.14 to identify it in the spirit, even in man-made gates, these occult gates <clears throat> that hold back the true king's decrees, which are made through the true prophets and the true intercessors. Pardon me, praying through a heart of love. But for what God didn't speak to erase the spiritual schizophrenia and get the, the nation on its way to advancement and into these, this uh, time that the Lord wants to use for the divine. Ask God to make all this other crap fall to the ground. Lamentations 3, 
37 to 38. If God didn't speak it, it has to fall to the ground. It's in the Bible. So start utilizing your intercessory skills and start cleaning your atmospheres up so you can get on about your father's business. So Lord's saying for those of you who try to convince yourself that God doesn't mind your witchcraft prayers, again, are right smack dab in the middle of God's crosshairs because God's already begun to pull your power, even you leaders. I say that with humility, but it's irritating to me when I'm trying to do what God's telling me to do. Then I have all these people over here acting like hell behind the scenes, thinking that just because of who they say they are, who cares, by the way, we all put our pants on the same way. But I mean, they somehow think that they are sidestepping God's judgment. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, let's go on. So Lord's saying, you're not more powerful than me. I've told you the past three years to get your spiritual vessels and church bodies cleaned up to take your sheep through deliverance. And yet you have been sitting here setting a bad example. That's why people are following you down the road of death. Because you pretended like you didn't hear what I told you was my reality. Lord said you heard me correctly the first time. You just didn't like what you heard. So, Lord says, <clears throat> this is what polluted your flesh. And the flesh now, because of those refusing to listen to truth, are now polluting everyone around themselves, defiling everyone they speak into, because out of the heart flows the issues of life. This is why God warned us two years ago to start being careful who we listen to. Because the spirit of death was being released onto vessels to go and pollute the body. I.e. Jezebel, Balaam's prophets, we've said it a million times. And that was actually sent strategically to squelch this new move of God. So why do you think right now, I mean, this is interesting to me. Why would you find it odd, marking my place, why would we find it odd that we're being hit with spirits of fear, doubt, unbelief, discouragement, depression, hopelessness, and despair? Those are all five red flags, seven. I'm so sorry, seven, I can count. <laughs> seven, seven. Red flags of witchcraft. <clears throat> Whenever you get these negative emotions, your feelings have nothing to do with your faith. They're two separate entities. Thank God. And that's what makes people feel like they're spiritual schizophrenic sometimes thinking, oh, my prayers aren't working. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. When you're decreeing what God is saying, you're doing the true king's decree. If you're praying your flesh and mixing it with the word, chances are no. That, that'll get your prayer sent directly to the <laughs> no answer file, so to speak. Or they just kind of hang in the atmosphere, polluting the atmosphere. But now God's cleaning up the atmosphere, if you've noticed. He's tired of all the spiritual schizophrenia. And so he's making a way for his angels to ascend and descend. And we're finding now that this is happening. By the way, how do I know that? <laughs> how do I know that? Because they're madder than hell at me for teaching you this stuff. I am taking it. I break that in Jesus' name. But I've been taking some serious hits. Early death assignments and freak accidents coming after me. I'm thinking, have y'all lost your mind? And these are from supposed Christians praying witchcraft prayers. 
And I can't just limit the cult's no big deal. By the way, the cult, pff, they're easy. God dumps them off. They have no power. The only way they get their power is by taglock connecting on to people who operate in the anointing of God. But <clears throat> it's the terrors in the body of Christ. Remember, God's raising up the terrors in the wheat in this hour. So there are terrors in the body of Christ who just are there taking up space. They don't anymore believe in God. They just want to stay in their dead apparatus of religion. And, and they will fight to the death to stay there. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, again, remember my conversation with you about Nadab and Ab Abelahu. Those are Aaron's sons. Who thought their strange fire and witchcraft didn't matter? Well, let me tell you, your practice of witchcraft does matter in this hour. It matters very, very much because he's coming after it. Because when truth walks in the room, judgment's right behind him. So as the latter glory has begun to fall, all things and all people and vessels are being expected. And by the way, those of you terrorists who are attacking me in the spirit, God bless you. I'm always going to bless you. But for you to pretend like just you're going to try to act like hell behind the scenes and try to pray your witchcraft prayers against people like me to shut our voices down, we're not going anywhere. <clears throat> because God's coming after you, actually. Those are the people, you're the people he's targeting. So acting like or pretending like this word of truth is not God when God's sitting here warning you to your face. If you do this, you'll get this. He's telling you the truth. This is what's happening in this place. He's moving out the old and bringing in the new. <clears throat> he's moving out the lies and bringing in the true. But he's not going to tolerate any of this from any of you anymore. <clears throat> he's got judgment coming into the room. And so you're thinking that he's giving you a fake okey-doke wink of grace. As God draws near, he's not drawing near to wink at your sin, but to judge it. <clears throat> and for some, this is a matter of life and death. They have no idea how close to death they are right now. I've never said that before. And I mean that with every bit of my being. Which brings me to Mark 7, 1 through 23. We talk about, <clears throat> I'm sorry, my voice. We talk about defilement, ridding the body of demonic garbage. You know, there was a time, and I remember this as a little girl, because my family were a bunch of family uh, farmers and ranchers, and they worked in all avenues of life. We had family that were truckers in the military. We had family everywhere. But they were just hardworking people. And I remember a time when people were very, very pure-hearted. Like, there were certain things that you would never dream of doing to people. Never. Not ever. And, or never saying to people. You would never say certain things to people because you didn't, because love was so prevalent on our society. God's spirit was so prevalent on our society. And and people, some people call it the good old day. I don't call it that. I call it God's ways. I mean, that's what I know truth to be. Because there are just certain things love never does to people. And it's a sense of nobility. It's a sense of good, the pure and the lovely. Where people did what was right instead of what was right in their own eyes. And now and every, everybody's wondering, well, where did it all go? 
But it's not where did love go, it's where did we go. We were the ones that stepped away from truth, and we were the ones that got carried away with a different spirit on the world, and we started doing what we thought was true, or what made us feel more comfortable, because we didn't like the inconveniences of having to stand up to people who weren't walking with God. It's hard to stand up in the face of diversity and saying, eh, that's not God. Eh, that's not, uh-uh, not going there with you. It, it's uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, it'll keep you safe. It'll keep you safe. I've seen family members do it. I've seen my parents do it. I've seen cousins, everybody in my family. I mean, when we all come to the table, we come to the table with a strong opinion because we're all type A personalities. But it's a good thing to be around people. You surround yourself with truthful people. Because in this hour, you don't have room for yes men. You understand? God's looking for people, for warm, loyal, loving, godly people. Is that you? Do you have the courage to stand up for the true? This is what he's getting rid of out of the body. He's getting rid of the demonic garbage that hinders this truth from coming forth. So unless we're careful and we get out from underneath this religious garbage, which is considered a ritual or religious structure, it can cause serious defilement, which might even be given as much authority as God's word, but it can never replace God's word because it can never transform you. If you know anything about the spirit of religion, it can't transform you. It's kept a lot of people stuck for years, miserable, bitter. But people in my family operate in it. Getting stuck underneath this thing. It's like, where did you leave your head? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> they were elders. I couldn't say that. But I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? And you just have to go, you know, zip it up because you don't, you're not disrespectful to elders. You're going to pick your battles. But that opens up an opportunity. It's like, why do you? I had this happen with a family member. Had to tell them because they were so controlling that they wanted to. They wanted to tell me that <laughs> they wished that I. Nobody can tell you your heart condition. Only the Lord knows your heart. Okay, I'll just say it politely. And so, I had people that were trying to tell me, "You're not saved. You're not this. How do you know? How do you know? Are you God? Are you omniscient? How do you know?" And this is what that spirit of religion does. It tries to lord over you, to play God over people, to make them allow or to force you to allow them to control you and manipulate you to be as miserable as they are and it's like no thank you i'm a joyful little soul probably too celebratory my dad used to tell me missy you need to take life more seriously dad you need to chill out a little bit <laughs> although i didn't say that to him he would never say that but he had a point i mean in, in but these people i mean i see it it's not just in my family it's everywhere that's how that spirit operates where it tries to dominate and it tries to make people just as dead and twice the sons of hell as they are and and they're the ones probably and i know a lot of these people because they're the ones praying against us and they're acting like hell and they have big platforms and i'm just like have you lost your ever-loving mind so god's taking with these people in this hour but you know, these people it's amazing to me because they would rather die for a lie than live for the truth I, I don't get it and this is what's happening to the church at present with many fighting to defend a dead apparatus rather than come alive in Christ through deliverance and inner healing the truth makes them so uncomfortable that they would fight to the death 
to live a lie whether rather than come alive and be set free into pure joy and there's a difference so you actually get your life back that's what the difference is you get your life back and you live life more abundant to the fullest until it overflows and if they ever had a life at all because there are so many Americans raised underneath this dead structure, which is based on performance. I just want to give you a note to self on that. God did not tell me that I had to perform or achieve or make myself into anything other than who he created me to be so that I could be loved by him. Nor did he do that to you. You don't have to perform for God to love you or anybody for that matter. And if they ask you or make you feel like that subconsciously, you need to let God shake your tree. Let him shake your tree of those people. That's called dead fruit relationships. Those are one-sided relationships where people just want to control and manipulate you. That's not healthy relating. That's dysfunctional. And so God's saying this is an hour. Where I'm shaking your tree and I'm getting you free. Are you listening to me? But these rituals, they come to give you false confidence. Those of you who would die, even into right before eternity, for a dead apparatus. Because what you do on the outside is not going to change you on the inside. Do you understand that? You are not God. You are not God. The only person that can change your heart is Jesus. And that's when we admit that we've been misaligned. So what I'm seeing, like I was telling you earlier, I'm seeing people of all ages who are stuck under this thing and they're stuck in trauma and they're stuck in these dysfunctional places where they've been wounded by life and wounded by others. And they're choosing not to acknowledge when God's coming to set us free. Why do you think God is drawing near to man right now through the glory? Because he's trying to recreate your story. When he says recreate, he's trying to make it anew, taking you out of the old and into the new, which means you leave the past behind and you say, God, I agree I was blind, but now I'm choosing to walk with you in heavenly places. What does that mean? That means you're stepping into his graces. On earth as it is in heaven. God says you don't have to wait until you get there to experience it. Just say, yes, Lord, I need your help. I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of being immobilized. I'm tired of having health issues. I'm tired of having uh, emotional hurts. I'm tired of feeling like this is as good as it gets for me. No way. No way. You don't want to know why? Because it's like Caleb, was it Caleb? Please tell me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it Caleb who said, give me this mountain, God, at 89? 89? 89. Moses lived to be 120. I'm going to be like that little, because I threw my family a curveball when they had me. My parents had me. They had this little eclectic child who was artistic. And I was like the little funky duck that, that walked around my family and in the arts and stuff like that. But I'm going to be that little bitty eclectic woman with the purple hat and the red coat and their scarf. Maybe I'll drive a a convertible. I don't know, but I'm going to live until 
I'm going to go home when I'm satisfied. Like Psalms 23 says, you don't have to leave until you're satisfied. Why do you want to let all these other things dictate your future? Don't let anybody dictate your future. And by the way, this is something too about the gift of healing. So many people to me get so stuck in what they see with their eyes, but their eyes will fail them. And I want to tell you this with all my heart. I mean this. Listen, I've seen blind eyes see. I've seen deaf ears hear. My mentor uh, had a gift of healing. She was used for little autistic kids up in Chicago and, and in Austin. And she was well known in the area. She's now deceased. But she was called upon to lay hands on these little kids. And one, one little boy, he couldn't speak. He couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. or He couldn't, he, he couldn't hear, actually. Excuse me. He couldn't speak, walk, or hear. And she laid hands on him, and she prayed for him for five months, like every day. He would, they, her mother or his mother would bring him to her office. And that child, ended, I mean, he was in special ed classes and things. He ended up going and attending public school, and he's now a normal little boy. So these things are what I talk about, Deuteronomy 27 and 28, the blessings of the cursings of the Father. These are generational cursings that keep us bound. You don't have to be bound. God's like, let me set you free. All it takes is one mustard seed to get you to believe. And you just, you just choose. Even if you think, I don't feel like I'm believing God, why isn't this happening for me? God says, give me some time. Some things take time to manifest. I can give you my best. And we're going back to the other. Where people deals... He's, God's dealing with people praying their witchcraft because we're in a season right now where the signs, wonders, and the miracles are starting to manifest. That's why I'm talking about this. I believe it with all my heart. I used to be used by God to go up into New York, New Jersey, and we would uh, pray over people from 8 o'clock in the morning. We'd set appointments and pray over people until about 3 o'clock and try to sleep in and start it all over again. And do it for about seven days. Just watching people get free. Watching them get free. And watching God show up. And it was in that place that I literally saw Jesus with my natural eyes. And, and I know it's hard maybe for you to believe. But I, I will never forget what I saw. Because nobody in the room. I was preaching and teaching to a whole room full of people. And I saw him walk by me with my natural eyes. And I looked at my prayer team partner. I was so stunned. I looked in the middle of the whole preaching session and I said, did you see that? Did you see that? And the only way she could have seen it was for him to reveal himself to her as well. And she looked at me and she said, Missy, he's been sitting in the corner the whole time. And I just started, I broke down crying because I couldn't believe that God would show himself to me. I was never the same. My walk was never the same. So I came back and got involved here in the city and started getting involved with deliverance ministers and stuff like that and watching God set people free. But he's very, very real. But I do want to ask you crazy people out there, God bless you who pray your witchcraft prayers because it is crazy to do that in this hour. I know some of you are thinking, I can't believe she said that. I can't believe she said that. I'm just being me. This is how I am behind the film, behind the camera. This is how I am in front of the camera. I'm just going to be me. 
But do, think about this realistically. Do you really think that Jesus would pray to destroy other people? Do you really think he would do that? So why would you? And so to that I have to ask you, have you lost your mind? I actually think you lost his heart. Which is why most of you on the outside looking in get upset or angry at me when I tell you the truth. If you don't change, you will be hearing the scripture apart from me. I don't know you. And anybody that knows about the heart of God knows that the heart can only be purified by faith. And love occurs when we humble ourselves and we admit we have an issue. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, heal their land. But the problem is, is that out of the heart come evil thoughts and every evil thing, and if it goes unchecked, this is what defiles people. So we have a whole lot of people now doing what they think is right versus what God says is right. And God's waiting for a people group who want to change. Which brings us to Psalms 40, 11 through 17. As we wrap this up today, I want to thank you guys for joining me the top of the hour, about 54 minutes in. But you know, David lived in a time when he was surrounded by danger. And the only person that he could turn to was God. You feel like you're surrounded by danger. You know, we may not be surrounded by armies, but then this hour, the spiritual is definitely ramping up against the true saints because of God's glory. The enemy knows what time it is. He knows he's read the book. He knows it inside and out. He knows what to look for. And he has dreaded this hour because he also knows when it shows up, that means his time is almost up. Okay? And the glory, if you know anything for you in your story, <clears throat> was sent to preserve you. But it, it draws in to come in around those who want to win. This is why the enemy wants to shut you down. But the good, set, the good news is that you can't, you can't shut down a holy God. The enemy can only shut down vessels choosing to walk in and out of God's spirit instead of getting completely cleaned up so that the glory covers them completely. <clears throat> do, do you guys realize, those of you who are just kind of stuck and not wanting to get cleaned up, God loves you enough to tell you the truth, to help you come all the way in. And we're in this place in spiritual warfare where it demands us to be obedient it demands our diligence, our focus, and to take God at his word. <clears throat> He's not talking just to hear himself talk. But in the midst of it all, David saw the same things going on. He experienced the same types of warfare. But he also had a tool that nobody else really knew about that he did to solve his despair. And it was because he worshipped. He was a worshipping warrior. And he knew that worship took him higher above the 
witchcraft caused by the disobedient. It took him into the places where he could sing. The heart of and you know it's easy to worship when things are good around us, but do you know how to worship your way through when things get difficult? Out of the old and into the new. Because this tool is one that you're going to need to keep next to you as we move through. We're going to wrap up today with Proverbs 10, 13 through 14. And it states, <clears throat> In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. What do you pray? What do you decree? Do you, do you decree what's inside of you that, can, that causes destruction? Or do you decree only what you hear the king speak? Because when love speaks, everybody wins. Everybody wins. I hope you guys have had a great week. I hope you guys have an even better day. I'm getting ready to go take off this afternoon and go check out a new, I was hoping I did it. I think I have it here for you. I'm going to put it up here and show you where I'm going tonight. I'm going to go check out this new restaurant called Mandola's Italian Kitchen. It is so and so we're going to go check them out. But until I see you again, I hope you guys have a phenomenal Friday. And if I don't see you the rest of the day today, Go have yourself a great weekend. But we'll see you Tuesday, definitely, on the 15-minute wrap. See you then, guys. Bye-bye.